Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Lisa Stone, and you're listening to Parenting Aces. Welcome to Season 11 of the Parenting Aces podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Stone, and I am so excited to bring you Carlos and Josh Goffey, father-son team extraordinaire, to talk about the junior development process and the role of the parents along the way. And on top of that, a new course that the two of them have created and are launching next month that is an invitation-only course open only to 20 people. And for those of you after listening to this episode that are interested in participating, you will need to send me an email, lisa at parentingaces.com, asking for the special invitation code so that you and your junior tennis players can take part in this incredible educational opportunity offered by Carlos Goffey, who used to coach John McEnroe, by the way, and his son, Josh Goffey, who is the current head men's coach at the University of South Carolina. They bring so much knowledge, wisdom, and expertise to the tennis world, and to have the opportunity to learn directly from them is so invaluable, and I'm thrilled that they chose Parenting Aces to be a partner and a way to gain access to their knowledge. So I want you to sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's conversation with Carlos and Josh Goffey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Carlos Goffey, it has been a while since you've been on the podcast. As you just reminded me offline, the last time we did this was while I was driving home from a tournament with my kid. So (laughs) welcome back after eight long years. It's a pleasure to be here with you again, Lisa. Uh, I it, it was a, a, a great podcast, um, you know, eight years ago. I think Morgan was uh, probably 13 or 14 when we first um, um, had our podcast. And uh, you guys were driving from a tournament, leaving your hotel room, going through the elevator. Your son was holding the phone. It was just perfect <laughs> tennis parent with a junior player. You know, I mean, it was just perfect. It doesn't get more real minute. than that. Yeah, it doesn't get exactly. more real. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what makes your place in this game so special, Lisa. Uh, you know, um, we, we, well, when you first invited me eons ago to be on to, to to participate in your podcast, I didn't even know what the word podcast was back then. To be frank with you, and um, and 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 I thought, uh, you know, this lady is a tennis parent and she's into it, learning more about it. That's I will do this. uh, That's who I want to speak to. And um, and ever since you don't believe how much of a fan I am of yours, because everywhere I go, I tell everybody, I said, you know, there is in United, even internationally, I say in the United States, there is a tennis parent that decided to actually learn on her own about the journey that a junior tennis player and their families go through. And, uh, and, and she even has now, you know, a consulting sort of a, a service and, and her perspective to junior players, parents is 
phenomenal because the junior player parent only hears from coaches, from the coach's perspective. And it is so important, as important from the coach to hear from someone like you that lived the journey with your son, Morgan. So hats off to you, Lisa. And now on top of it all, Morgan is no longer playing junior tennis. You are a successful junior tennis parent, but you've done the deed, and um, and you still continue <laughs> to contribute. That to me takes you to a whole nother level of uh, of of a respect. I want you to know that. Thank you so much, Carlos. That really means yeah. a lot coming from you. And I want our audience to understand who you are and what you've done in the sport. And then we're going to jump into the meat of the conversation. But um, can you just tell us a little bit about how you got started playing tennis and then eventually coaching tennis, working with some of the most well-known players in our sport? Yeah, uh, well, Lisa, it was um, uh, it all happened about a century ago. So you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> but so but uh, but I'll I'll give you a little summary. You know, I, I was born in Brazil, in São Paulo, Brazil, and um, uh, and for those that do not know, it's a huge city. It's about twenty million the population of uh, of São Paulo. So so uh, um, the life, you know, of um, a young boy, a girl in a big city like this was basically home, um, school and club, private club. You know, you just didn't really mess around on your neighborhood, you know, in a big city like that. You just went to the club, these big all sports clubs. And um, when I was about uh, six, six years old, my father uh, was voted the president of the Sao Paulo Tennis Club. And, um, you know, in the middle of the city, it was not just a tennis club. It was called Sao Paulo Tennis Club. But as every uh, club in in Europe or Latin America, as you know, there are multi sports. That's where the families go when they they you know the kids grow up in these uh, multi sport clubs, which um, you know I thought it was um, um, way of life at that point. And today, looking back uh, in retrospect, you know I really like the way that um, that played out in my tennis career because as a six years old, I was taking lessons from the pro, but I would finish the lessons with the, the, the pro, the club, you know, I had to go down to the gymnasium and I would be playing handball. And then after that is a, is a, a soccer indoors. And after that, you know, six o'clock was karate lessons and then uh, there's swimming lessons. So, so I was involved on all of these sports that the club provided to the members on a daily basis as I was growing up. And then by the time I was 11 years old, you know, tennis became a, uh, my sole sport i was already playing tournaments and uh, and then you know focused completely into into the game um and then i played all of the junior tennis um you know in in brazil uh, on a state level national level and then the south american championships and so forth and then um uh when i was about 17 years old i came to la where you are and uh, to um, because um, um, a fellow that I had met in Argentina used to be um, a doubles player uh, in the 40s with Pancho Segura. And as you know, Pancho used to be in Beverly Hills, you know, until he passed away. And so this fellow called my, me from Forest Hills. This is we're talking about 1969 now. And um, and he says, um, Carlos, I'm here in New York, you know, playing the, the seniors with my old partner, you know, Pancho. And on my way down to Buenos Aires, I like to stop by in Sao Paulo and, um, and and visit with you and meet your family. I had seen this coach from Argentina when I used to go to Argentina to play junior tournaments. So um um, when he came to the house, um, you know, he basically, uh, my parents were just delighted to meet this fellow that had been, you know, such a mentor to to me when I was younger. And um, and during dinner, you know, he basically broke the news and said, uh, you know, Pancho, my old friend that I used to play doubles with back in the 30s and the 40s, you know, is in Los Angeles. And he told me that if there was any uh, talent here in Latin America, that he would 
be able to um, uh, uh, train and, 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 and get him in a scholarship in, in, in college and so forth. And that was the end of the conversation. My mom started to cry. I said, you know, what, you know this, guy, this guy came over to rob my son out of here, right? So long story short, you know, my dad is a lawyer, you know, just uh, had no idea, did not think that I should be coming in here, you know, playing tennis, continue to play tennis. Tennis is over. By the time you're 17, you're going to follow my steps and become a lawyer. And back in those days, you didn't really have much of a choice. You just follow basically what, um, you know, your parents laid out for you. But long story short, um, we had a major, you know, sort of a family um, conversation and I, and we make it. I made a deal with my parents uh, that you know give me a year and I'll go to Pancho play junior tournaments and and so forth and then I'll come back and 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 go to law school. So um, within ten days I was landing in in Los Angeles uh, off that dinner and then I played uh, junior tennis, uh, uh, played the indoors in Dallas. Left to Pancho in, from LA, played the indoors in Dallas, and then the plan was to go to our to the Orange Bowl, which in that those days was the um, only international tennis tournament for a junior. In other words, there were no computers, there were no rankings. You, there was the Orange Bowl in Miami, and if you were top two in your country, you could go and play this this international junior tournament, and whoever won it you know, was basically crowned the world uh, champion in juniors in those days. So, um, and I went to, uh, to, to Miami to play the Orange Bowl. And I was, in, I couldn't believe it because all the college coaches in those days, you know, they could recruit the American players because they were in touch with them in here, but they had no way of knowing the, the talent, international talent, other than going to the Orange Bowl and seeing firsthand and offering scholarships. And during the Orange Bowl, I ended up uh, getting quite a few offers. And then I ended up going to college in Texas. So after my collegiate years, I played college tennis. Um, I, the, the, you know, I proceeded to go to Europe, like every one of us used to do that in the early 70s. In fact, we used to play college tennis the season and then the NCAA in May. And then some of us would go to, to Europe and play during the summer and then come back again to college. So after I graduated, I, I went to Europe. And after six, seven months, I realized that that was not for me, that I, run a, I wanted to come back to the States and, and sort of set some roots and start a family. And, um, you know, and, and just I, I had my fill of uh, trains and hotels and, and, and tennis tournaments, uh, you know, by that time. So I called um, um, uh, Mr. Harry Hopman, who I had met at the, when I was a junior playing the National Junior Indoors in Dallas years, you know, before, five years before that time. And, um, and I had heard that he, he had a, a tennis academy in New York, didn't know where, didn't know anything about it. So I called them from New York. He hired me and I went to New York. And that was my very first job, the at Port Washington Tennis Academy. I had never taught a tennis lesson until then. And um, and it's amazing because, you know, how 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 destined, you know, uh, plays with you is that here I, I arrived in New York and um, and the owner of the academy, um, not Mr. Hopman, Mr. Hopman had already by the time I came back from Europe and and got to New York, Mr. Hopman had already um, had some surgery in his hips and he came down to Florida and he was going to get going to move from New York to Florida. In fact, he even told me, I don't have a place in Florida, but since I already hired you here in New York, stay there until I get my place in Florida and then you come down uh, to work with me down here. And and so the um, the uh, fellow that is the uh, that was the owner of the academy, um, you know, greeted me and says, oh, yeah, you're the fellow that um, that Harry uh, hired. I said, that's right, sir. And uh, in his office at the academy, he had these black and white monitors of about 20 tennis courts. And he just sat there on his desk and looking at these monitors, you know, with all the kids in different um, in, in the different um, um, uh, monitors. He says, you see that court F right there? I said, yes. Um, downstairs, there are, you know, locker room for you to change, the cart of balls, and uh, there are four kids out there. Uh, uh, they're waiting for a pro, and you're going to be the one that uh, you, you have them for about an hour and a half. 
So I, I, I go, okay, you know, knowing that, uh, you know, he's going to be looking at me. He's going to be watching me up there in his, uh, uh, you know, sitting on his desk. So go down there, look at the curtain, open the curtain. Boys are warming up. They're all 14 and a half, 14, between 14 and 15 years old. And I said, what am I going to do for an hour and a half? And I hadn't even thought about it, what I was going to do. And I see a kid uh, miss an overhead. Uh, while they're warming up. And I said, that's it. Instead of starting with a, you know, four hands down the lines and cross courts and all of that kind of stuff, I got to do something to, to impress these kids. You know, my first lesson here and the guy's watching me on top of it all. The owner of the academy is watching me. So I said, you know what, guys, my name is Carlos. I'm your uh, coach here for the next hour and a half. Let's have a good time. And, uh, and I said, um, and let's have the, you know, a really nice workout. So how about starting you know, with overheads, the four boys looked at me and says, what planet has this guy come from? Right. And I said, uh, I said, well, I saw you missing an overhead. And I tell you, uh, you know, we don't practice overheads. We don't really think that much about the different types of overheads from different areas of the court and all that. I think it would be nice for us to, to do a little drill here. I'm going to toss like 10 random lobs to each one of you guys and see who's got the best overhead in, on the court. And then we can go from there. You know, these guys are looking at each other and said, who is this guy, right? Uh, comes in, first guy, you know, does, you know, makes five. The other one makes five. Third kid. I toss him a deep lob. You know, they all started at the T. So I tossed him a deep, deep lob. He went back and he sliced a beautiful overhead. Then I tossed him a shorter one. He came in and he put it away. Then I tossed him another deep lob now to the back inside. And he just lifts his arms up and he said, um, he said, um, he said, my leg's hurting. And I said, come on now, you know, the leg's not hurting. He says, I'm going to sit out and, until this drill is over and then I'll come back to the next drill. I said, uh-uh, come on in here. Tell me, why? Are, you know, you, you don't like to, you know, to hit uh, this drill, the overhead drill? And then he looked at me and he said, uh, when do we hit more than two overheads, you know, in a point in a match? And that was John McEnroe at 14 and a half, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. So, so um, it hit me like a ton of bricks, you know, Mac looking at me as a kid and saying, you know, are you insane? You know, hitting 10 overheads in a row. We're never going to hit 10 overheads in a row. I'm not going to do this. So, so um, I often say that, you know, Mac taught me how to coach in my very first lesson I was giving to him. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You so have such good stories. You have such good stories. <laughs> and, and you've been coaching ever since you yeah. fulfilled your dream of starting a family. You have a son right. who is now a very successful college coach and, so obviously you've done some, some things right along the way, Carlos, and that's why you're here because I want you to share with the Parenting Aces audience your thoughts and philosophies around junior tennis development and where the parents fit into this process and why it's so important that we educate ourselves and surround ourselves with people who can give us positive input and help us along the way, because we all know the journey is a journey. It's, it's, you know, it's long. It's a lot of times 10, 12 years um, of junior <laughs> tennis. And then there's college tennis and then potentially professional tennis or recreational tennis or whatever our kids do once they're out of the juniors. And it's not something that we as parents can do by ourselves for our kids. In most circumstances, of course, there are the exceptions, but share your knowledge, share your expertise, share your wisdom with us and um, tell us what do you feel are the important milestones along the junior tennis development journey? Well, um, the it, 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 it starts out, Lisa as you well know, with the fact that we play an individual sport. The individuality of our sport is what makes the dynamics between parenting uh, 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 a, young, a young kid 
in sports different than team sports. And uh, what happened in my household when we were talking about me growing up in Sao Paulo in the 60s, playing tennis, my junior tennis in the 60s, you know, happened in your household with Morgan. You know, it happened today, you know, at households of other, you know, competitive junior players and their families. And it's going to happen in 10 years from now, in 30 years from now. It doesn't change because, you know, it's the dynamics of this individual sport interferes you know, with the family dynamics, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if the kid is playing soccer or basketball or volleyball, you know, I mean, the bus is waiting, the coach tells, you know, the kids, you play that way, you play that way, the parents, you know, say, well, look, you know, the coach, the coach handles, you know, the Mm -hmm. the team sports. So the involvement of the parents uh, in a team sport situation with their kids is a lot less uh, because, because there is a coach and there are, you know, there's a team that your kid belongs to. The individuality of the sport makes it completely different because now, you know, there are a few parents that don't even care. So the kid is lost out there. Or there are the other side of the spectrum that there are parents that get too involved. And once again, you know, it, it, it basically stifles the development of that child because if you, we are playing an individual sport, the most important asset of that player is self-reliance and if uh, if if the parents and the coaches as well but the parents do not promote self-reliance the ownership of the game as early as possible that kid can't play because he's not going to be able to make decisions uh, that that are required of an individual sport, you know, in, in, I in high stop pressure you. situations. I want to stop you one second because this whole idea of self-reliance is so important not mm-hmm. just in tennis, but right. in life, right? For these exactly. kids. And we talk all the time about how tennis is a microcosm for life. And, you know, exactly. that, that the tennis court is a great educational opportunity for our children to become great human beings. They're learning lessons on the tennis court that translate off the tennis court. Self-reliance is one of, in my opinion, one of the most crucial lessons that tennis mm-hmm. offers to our children. and. It's so interesting to me because I was raised, you were raised to be very self-reliant, to take Mm -hmm. care of ourselves, to manage our lives and know how to do things. That's always been something that my husband and I have instilled in all of our children, not just Morgan, our tennis player, but also our two daughters. And I think it's really important for parents to understand how important that piece of it is, not only to the success of the child as a tennis player, but to the success of the child as a full-fledged human adult out in the world. For sure. And and I will take it one step farther. You know, I do have a daughter as well that is two years older than Josh. And um, um, thank goodness she didn't play tennis. <laughs> so I didn't have to deal with that. Um, uh, but she basically grew up also in our tennis camps and uh, you know but he really from very young when josh when i started my tennis camps in 84 or 85 actually you know josh is from 79 so he was six years old and jordan was eight so they were really young kids when we were having camps every summer for 10 weeks and 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 70 kids every week in our camps and uh, and so jordan my daughter um, um, she quickly uh, did not want to play tennis. Uh, she wanted to actually be in the management side of the camp. So, you know, my friends even talk about it, you know, that my friends that used to work for us and I staff back when says, yeah, yeah, Jordan used to give us orders, you know, and, uh, you know, and uh, as an eight year old, she ran the camp basically. And, you know, and, and we promoted also that self-reliance, not only to Josh, but also to Jordan and Jordan today, you know, it's, is is a, is a very, very successful, Successful marketing, you know, person um, uh, and uh, self-reliant and, um, and and just totally, you know, uh, uh, all together of an individual, very much together of individual without playing tennis. But I think he also she did not have the uh, the first hands experience on the tennis court playing matches, but she saw so much, of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, of people playing that I guess she understood that. And then also as far as the way we parented, you know, the, the both kids was to you know, 
it's your deal, you know, and uh, we're here to help, but it's your deal. It's got to be your deal. And they became very, very sort of a self-confident, uh, you know, that they could do it. But I, I want to make a, a point here because it, it there is a crucial um, um, sort of a um, um, time in the development of a kid, as we all know, you know, um, when they sort of emancipate physically and emotionally, you know, hormones, you know, kids, mm-hmm. uh, you know, girls around 13 and boys around 14. And I think that that's a, it's a major crossroad um, in tennis development, because anything that happens prior to that physical and emotional emancipation of the of the of the uh, boy and the girl into a young you know teenager you know and the person that is is a little more self-assured of who they are and physically particularly physically on a tennis court you know um uh, it's only at that time that you can start playing the game that you're going to play in the 16s 18s college and beyond because you know let's face it prior to that physical uh, changes and emotional changes you know the court is really really big it would be like no matter how good of an athlete of a soccer goalie you know i like to think about that you know how good of a little athlete a 12 year old is uh, as far as a soccer goalie you know he's not gonna be able to cover a, a, a big goal you know right. out there so you know, no matter how good it is it's the same thing in tennis i mean you know if you want to play tennis at 12 years old the way you're going to play tennis when you're 16 you can't because you can't cover the net you can't cover lobs you can't you know you can't serve it you know so so it's it's a very dangerous time in the development of a junior player the uh, those players in the tens and twelves. I'm I'm one that really likes to to um, uh, to caution parents of those kids that are young not to really think that that's tennis. You know, in my opinion, that's the developmental phase of a young um, uh, child that needs to be uh, developing. Um, 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 you, you can develop your athleticism by going out for, you know, bike rides or, or skating or playing soccer or playing everything else. And you are literally learning, you know, how to use that athletic ability when you are capable of playing the real tennis when you're 14, mm-hmm. 15. And I say that because, you know, it, let's go back a little. So, so. Well, Carlos, know, you, you, I want to interrupt you because Josh just showed yeah. up. So I want to let him in. Oh, he did. He did. Well, <laughs> he let me just, let, let me, let me, yeah, keep well, let talking me just and you. I'm going to bring Josh on. Yeah. And so I was, um, I played uh, the, the way I played it with my son was, um, you know, I, I use reverse psychology. So when he was eight and nine and, and being around the camps and, and the kids would, you know, watch, and you playing tennis, um, you know, my, my, I used to tell Josh, I said, you don't want to play tennis. Uh, you know, you want to play, you know, look at how much the soccer is so beautiful and, and kept him away from the tennis courts until <laughs> that stage. And, and then when he finally turned 14, you know, that's when he started playing tennis. I guess he would tell you all about it. How, how what a crazy dad that he had. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, you're muted. So I'm going to get you to unmute. Hi, how's hey, it going? Good. How are you? Great. Yeah. Just, uh, just finished up practice here. So awesome. Uh, yeah. Excited awesome. to be here. Thanks for yeah. having us on. Of course. So your dad was just talking a little bit about development and we were talking about self-reliance and how important that is to instill in young tennis players. You are now coaching at university of South Carolina, um, very successful program there that you are leading and, um, some great Great kids on your team. I guess I can't call them kids, yeah. but I can call them kids because I'm older <laughs> than their kids, kids to me. <laughs> um, and so maybe you can touch on, Josh, how important it is to you as a college coach to see that self-reliance in the kids that you are looking to bring on as part of the South Carolina team. Yeah, I mean, I think that is if you could put one quality on a kid that that doesn't have to do with technical strokes or anything, but just is a characteristic of a kid that would be sitting at the top of the pyramid for me um, it is well, that leads to so many things, right? I mean, it, on a, in a dual college dual match, it, there's so much pressure involved and it's, it's a different type of pressure than junior tennis or even professional tennis. 
And it's something that most kids, it, it's something that you don't feel really in any other environment. And and the self-reliance aspects, because if you can get a kid that is actually self-reliant, he's self-motivated, he works through his own problems, uh, he becomes a problem solver on court. Those are the kids that are absolutely the most successful in the biggest moments and ultimately in, in college tennis. And throughout their college career, they just keep progressing and they ask for more and they're willing to be very objective rather than extremely emotional in the way they go about things because they've, they've been in that process throughout, throughout their entire junior development career. And, and when new problems arise, they tackle them just as they always have. Right. And yeah. how do you feel you as a young tennis player developed that self-reliance and how is that serving you now as a college coach? Yeah, I, my career, my junior career was, you know, crafted obviously by my dad, one of the masters there, and it was definitely different. You know, it was absolutely different um, than than I say that the normal path. And um, but you know, he made me very eager to to want to become a player, and and did, but never pushed until I came to him and said, "Hey, I want to be a player." But when I said that, he said, "Okay, well, here's what it's going to take." But at that point, the decision was already made in my mind. I don't care what it's going to take; I'll do it. And then the advising role came from him and so on and so forth from there. And, and, and so like I was talking about problem solving, that is the number one key for any player throughout a match. It's, it's problem solving consistently, constantly. Am I on the right path? What did my opponent just bring to the table again? Okay. Did it change? No, stay on course. If it did, what, what do I need to add? What do I need to take away here? And so on and so forth. To me, that is the greatest tool tennis teaches you and conditions you on a daily basis at a high level, because what that does is it sets you up for success in life. Running a business yeah. is no different. Right. You know, being, I think being successful in any situation as a professional in whatever realm you go into after tennis, you're preparing yourself for, to be successful. Uh, you know, it's, you look at things very objectively, you're able to analyze what just worked, uh, what didn't work, put a plan together, implement the plan, reevaluate, continue to move, in, in those, that skill set is, is sought after by so many professional uh, professionals out there in whatever industry. I personally have had experience with, uh, with hedge fund managers and the, the major financial CEOs and so on. They seek that and they love that out of tennis players. So mm-hmm. to go back to your question just about self-reliance, that, that just basis of, hey, this is yours, man. You're going to have to, you're going to mess up. And then you're going to figure out why you messed up. And then you're going to develop a new plan. You're going to have your own successes. You're going to have your own failures, but you're going to own it. That creates a, a, a power, a powerful, you know, independence inside you that you're really just excited to, you know, you t- you're willing to take on whatever. So to me, you know, if, when we're looking at junior tennis, you're not looking at junior tennis for, for success and win and wins. And so, so parents or kids can brag it's, you know, do it right, do it the right way, because it's a very powerful tool for the rest of their life. It'll definitely cultivate the right values uh, if done correctly. Agreed, agreed. And so guys, I want to segue quickly because I want to make sure we get to this. Um, You guys have been putting together and working really hard to create education for players and parents and coaches out there who are looking to do it right, as you say, Josh. Can you talk a little bit about what you're putting together and how people can gain access to that? Yeah, I'll let my father speak on that, but we're excited for sure. Yeah. Uh, You know, Lisa, you mentioned right before Josh jumped on board, um, you mentioned, um, um, so, so you were a tennis parent as well. And, um, and um, with, besides anything else that I've accomplished in tennis, the one item that I'm most proud of is to have been a tennis parent of Josh, because um, uh, as he put it, um, you know, I I waited for him to come to me and he was about 14 years old to say, okay, I'm done with soccer and I, I want to be a tennis player. I even told him that day, I said, you know what, repeat that because I will never forget. And if you do forget, I'm going to remind you that you told me that. (laughs) And so, so, so I made it so clear and, uh, and, 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 you know, I, and then he went to the camp and he, and he did the, the, our camp for the very first time. And the kids couldn't believe it that Josh was actually participating in a camp. He just hang instead of hanging around. And um, and and then he went to play a tournament because during the camp, of course, between one week and the other week of camp during the weekends, uh, my. Oh, 
to play these local tournaments in Florida. And and I never went, you know, when Josh went to play the first tournaments that he ever played when he was 14. Really? Oh, you now you're back. Hear me. So we're back. We had a little technical snafu there, but uh, Carlos, continue with your story about Josh. <laughs> well, I, I, I think we were just at the point where I uh, was saying that I used um, uh, reverse psychology with uh, with Josh growing up in the camp. And uh, uh, I knew there was going to be so much pressure on him. Um, you know, mind you, we, in, we began this uh, recording, you know, when you asked me about how I started coaching. So, you know, that was in 1974. Five and um, you know we're talking about now ten years later in 1985 when Josh is six years old, and Mac you know is the undisputed um, heavyweight champion of the world and 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 so my association with Mac through the through those years undoubtedly was going to put a lot of pressure on Josh you know and I did not want that at all for him so what I needed to do. To, to take the pressure away, I use reverse psychology. You know, I used to tell him, you know, forget tennis. Tennis is boring. You know, you're going to be a soccer player. Look how wonderful a soccer game is. I mean, you know, and I used to take him to Brazil and we would go to stadiums and, and kept like bumping him about how beautiful soccer was, you know, much better than tennis. And, and he grew up like this in a camp with all the other kids just saying, I'm a soccer player. I'm not a tennis player. I'm a soccer player. And I'm loving it every second of it. And, and then until that day, you know, when he was 14 years old, when he said, I, I, I'm ready, you know, I'm going to play some tennis right now. And and he did it. And 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 I think, you know, we before the technical difficulties, I said, out of everything that I've actually done in tennis, you know, as a player, as a junior, as a coach and so on, I'm most proud, really, of being a tennis parent for Josh, because, um, you know, when he started playing. I made clear that that was his deal and I was there to, to, to support him and to uh, do whatever I could to help him. But he needed to own that because mm-hmm. that was the only way he was going to become a player. And he took upon himself uh, and became very, you know, uh, aware that uh, he had to do it on his own and the decisions were going to be made on his own. And we went on like this. Uh, Lisa, you know, even through decisions in tennis that he had to make, what tournaments to play, um, when to practice, you know, when he was 15, 16, 17, uh, then became the college situation, you know. By that time, he's now, believe me or not, with very, very few tournaments under his belt, you know, because he played his first tournament when he was 14, you know, by the time he was 16, 17, he was already one of the top juniors in the country playing Kalamazoo and so forth. And then there were offers of uh, uh, college uh, scholarships. And um, he could have gone pretty, you know, quite a few opportunities he had. And, um, you know, I remember vividly him saying, you know, so what do you think about the, uh, 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 don't talk to me about what you're going to decide where to go. You know, I've played college tennis for four years and I know that it's not going to be, you know, all rosy all the four years. You know, you're going to get injured. You're not going to play well one year, whatever. And I don't want to be the blame, you know, that, that, that because of that. So you make a decision and you live with it. And that's what, um, you know, I believe um, that tennis parenting needs to be. You know, we need well, to be goes back there. to that self-reliance, right? You yes. you put the onus on him. And yes. obviously it paid off because the two of you are very close and exactly. have a great that, relationship. That complete. And I, <laughs> I talk about that a lot on Parenting Aces is really the goal for this whole junior tennis thing is to have a great relationship with your kid at the end of the road. Absolutely. Right. The rest of it is gravy. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I agree a hundred percent with that. And uh and, and that's the reason why I'm most proud of anything that I've done in tennis is is how, you know, because at that point when he was um, uh, a kid, I was actually speaking at that time in, in, in coaches' conferences all over the place. Because you know, if I had some if I had a if I had been if I because I was with Mac when he was a junior. 
you know, when this guy turned out to be the number one player in the world, automatically people thought that I knew how to develop junior players, which is completely, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, unrelated. I mean, you know, coaches don't make champions, you know, players do actually. So, uh, you know, and, and nobody made Mac a champ, you know, Mac made himself a champ because of his self-reliance. I mean, mm-hmm. this kid was miles ahead of everybody else on the court, including me, the coach that day. You know, I even tell Mac, I said, man, I mean, you were 15, 14, 15, you, your competitive maturity was so far ahead of the competition. There was not even competition for you, you know, and, and, and his approach to the training and his approach to the game became, it was so unorthodox for all practical purposes in me as a very young rookie coach, but I basically realized that uh, as unorthodox as he looked at the game, it was the way we need a, a lot of we need to learn from from a guy like him because he was miles ahead of us. And, uh, you know, strokes for him were were just basically tools, you know, to compete, basically, whereas, you know, the majority of the kids are more, you know, totally into stroking into the strokes. So he knew what he was doing at a young kid because he owned it. And he, and, he, and he figured out that, that the game was way about. At the end of the day, Lisa, you know, we're talking about this journey. And the journey, as I said, it has a crossroads. Um, uh, the most important crossroads is right there when the kid is a boy and a girl and they become, you know, sort of a young adults, right. you know, the 13, 14. Then the, pro- the game progresses to a point where it, 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 it gravitates towards 100% towards the, not 100%, but but a, a majority to, towards the mental side of the game. Because at the end of the day, really, it's about executing in high pressure moments, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, anybody can execute during practice. But I mean, you know, it, it takes a Johnny Mack or a, or a Nadal or a Federer or these great guys that when the pressure is huge, guess what? They step it up and somehow they they execute. Mm-hmm. under those and on those heavy pressures well and that's so, what josh was talking about as well right for at yeah, the collegiate yeah. level um you know you want the players as a college coach that can handle that pressure who can step up and make decisions in the blink of an eye that yeah. can oftentimes completely change the momentum of a match and josh i'm i just guessing here but my goodness you have to have learned that from playing tennis yourself and seeing your dad coach and how he approached the game. um, Some of that had to have rubbed off on you. And obviously you became a great competitor yourself and now have those expectations of the players that, that play for you at South Carolina. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, to, to further my dad's point there about the self-reliance, but also we started talking about Mac there and, and how Mac saw the game. It really sort of, you know, the methodology, the tournament itself methodology from that, you know, whereas everything needs to be cultivated around competition, right? And it's how we compete and how we play the game. So he alluded to the strokes and how the majority of development is so focused on the physical side of the game right now in juniors, because it has advanced so much in the last 20 years that, that there's also, there's a lot of uh, too much focus put on it that where maybe we've had an oversight of looking at actually the competing side of the game. Right. And so the tournament tough methodology is 100 percent based on, look, we're going to do everything to be able to play the game of tennis, not necessarily hit the ball. So there are, you know, so the the methodology that I grew up with was his. I sat in all of his forums from the time I was five. So granted, I started late, but I was absorbing this since I was like, you know, four or five years old and couldn't, you know, memorize everything just because I was there hanging out with my friends and so on. But, you know, there's on two sides, there's the methodology of how to compete well, which is which is inside his program. And then on the other side, it's really the, the pathway for parents. And, and those are the two most valuable things that are often left out in today's tennis culture. Yeah. It's very much just physical, work harder, work longer, you know, put put hours in the court. Kids are getting injured more. They're not in love with the game. They don't have a great relationship with the game. It ruins parents' relationships, parents' player relationships. And, and it's all caused because there's no perspective. Right. So the beautiful part about this is that, you know, it, it is my dad's methodology. The, the way it's going to be presented is really my part. You know, I am a, 
I get a 30,000 foot view at the end of a college of, of a journey of, of junior development and in, into college. And, and so I can give my perspective from that view. My father's gone through thousands of juniors, seeing the ones that have done it right, the ones that have done it, you know, would love to do it over again and, and so on. And, and really that's the passion behind this project is really to, to really provide that, that, that perspective and that guidance um, for, for parents that are just trying to do the best and, and they can and, and are really kind of walking blindly through a forest at that point, you know, no, there's no real blueprint for it of how to do it successfully, but I think a great perspective is needed. Um, and it can be like, I, like I mentioned before, a, a very powerful tool for success for the rest of your kid's life. And it could be the greatest gift you can give their kid or on the flip side, it can be devastating in a certain way. And it's just because of the yeah. pressures that an individual game such as ours, you know, uh, you know, gives on a, on a daily basis. So it needs to be handled with care. And I think that's what this program does, um, not just uh, as a roadmap, but really gives the, the kid a perspective on how to compete and put things in perspective so they can manage the mentality throughout their junior career and really, really know when and, and what is important really when and during that journey. So mm-hmm. it, it's a phenomenal uh, program. Um, I, I, I grew up in it. I, I use it as a perspective during my during teaching my guys here, uh, they're still going through that journey. Some are more advanced uh, in it when they come in, but in, and some are not. So um, yeah. So anyways, to, to answer your question, it's, it's uh, that's how we came about with, with providing this at this point. And so can you tell our audience how they can access the roadmap and what's involved in participating, what the costs are and all of that? Well, um, Lisa, um, I will, let me let me step in here and, and let you know how this thing came about. So um, I'm 70 years old. Let's just make that you know clear here. And I'm reti- I've been retired, you know, for for several years. For, and I in the last tennis camp, I ran tennis camps, as you know, every summer for 34 years. And so, as Josh said, thousands of parents and thousands of kids went through the camp and 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 I had to deal with this, this whole thing. So so uh, after I retired, um, I started to really follow Josh's step, footsteps with his team, you know, because it just continues to give me pleasure, just like every parent loves to see their kid on a tennis court competing, you know, um, today, I love to see my son coaching, you know, his team, you know, so, so our uh, um, as a parent, you know, we always love to see our kids on a tennis court. So it, it, it's something that also the kids need to understand that, you know, that, that, that the parents enjoys watching you. We just have to establish basically, you know, the parents are in your corner. We just have to, uh, you know, make sometimes it we that, don't you know, do it. Yes. Sometimes we don't send that message very well, though, (laughs) that we're enjoying it. (laughs) Sometimes our body language and facial expressions convey something very different. (laughs) Well, this is why I have some prescriptions, you know, in the methodology that Joshua has mentioned. And one of the prescriptions that I have for parents is, you know, you know, when I hear parents says we are playing at such and such a time, it's like whoa, 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 whoa. There's nothing about we. We're not playing. Your son or your daughter's playing. Okay, let's make it very clear here. Where you're not playing. You know, it's your kid that's playing. Yes. And uh, and then I make clear that the parents, please don't go watch your kid play and sit right there by the the gate of the court or behind the court so the kid gets distracted. You just go up on the top of the bleachers and you do not let him see you. And your role in in, in competitive tennis should be to contribute to your son's development uh, uh, rather than, you know, just being a, a sort of a, a distraction, you know, while he is, you know, while the, the player is trying to do this. So, so how can you contribute? Hey, you know what? Videotape the match from the top of the bleachers, okay? Or learn how to chart the match so that at the end of the match, you've got something that is tangible and that is something that is that 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 you can that you can discuss with your kid or with the, the kid's coach that is subjective rather than your that's objective rather than your subjective view of what happened when you were watching your kid playing a, a match. And um, and then I have a rule too for parents, you know, no tennis talking for two hours after a match, win or lose, no tennis talking. Yeah. Because, because as you know, whether you win or lose, emotions run high after a tennis match. And the last thing you want 
is that kind of a parent that comes in in the car, you know, and, and after the match and start talking about that forehand that the kid miss. I mean, that's not going to go very right. well. And it, and it only gets worse because the kid just starts losing respect and the kid just uh, started. The kids, the kids really get to a point that says it's not even worth it, you know. Yeah. So the bottom line is, is that um, is that um, uh, when I retired and I followed Joshua's team, I started getting, you know, so excited again, you know, to see, you know, the way he coaches and the way that the kids are getting better and the results from his kids and so forth. And um, and to be frank with you, you know, uh, comes the summer, I miss, you know, running camps, you know, uh, at the, my age, since I haven't done it for, you know, years. So I talked to Josh about that. I said, you know, I'd love to come up here, you know, and see your team and talk to your team. And I miss camp, you know. And he is the one that basically last year said, um, said, you know what? You know, you still have a lot to contribute to the parents. You have a lot to contribute to kids. And, um, you know, obviously, physically, you're, you, you can't be out there on the courts in the summer like you used to for your whole life. But, you know, why don't you think about something, you know, um, online? And I never had thought about that, you know, and then through his guidance, basically, you know, uh, I started to realize that that, um, you know, I could be still involved for my own selfish purpose that I enjoy so much and is in my DNA to continue the work that I've done my whole life of coaching kids and parents uh, and, and, and my message to parents to balance the support system of the kid. Because at the end of the day, no matter how good of a coach or how good of a player it is, if that support system is not balanced, the coach, the parents and the friends of the kid it's a triangle if yeah. that's not balanced i don't care how good the coach is how good the kid is the kid's not going to reach the, 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 the their tennis potential so josh is the one that actually <clears throat> Um, developed this. He said, you're going to, you know, he basically, as as a coach that he is right now, he coached me basically and said, okay, you're going to have to get your methodology for, you know, that you've been preaching for a hundred years condensed into a few modules and by the we way know, we know that's tough to convince carlos I, I mean <laughs> i you had a challenge there josh for sure I, mean, like, I had to bring out the whip too many times you know? the man and has then, so much knowledge and so much experience yeah, no, and, and then he basically says and by the way uh, anything that you have to say cannot exceed three minutes in each video oh, no. i said well look he almost had a heart attack right there. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, we went out and did the recording and uh, we did those videos and they are all within three minutes. And um, and um, and finally, I tell you what, I'm proud of the product. He's proud of the product. And then answering your question, Lisa, you know, uh, what do we do with it? And that so we went to people like yourself, particularly because you are dealing with tennis parents and this course it integrates the parents with the juniors because without the integration of the parents and the coach and the juniors we don't have a program okay and so we've done this with this course and integrates parents and we like for people like you um to be able to invite your circle of people you know to be able to participate in our first program that is, is coming up on the on february the 21st and the only re way that they can actually access the website with the information is through a code that we gave you, you know, right. so that um, so so the website's not even live. And so I want to just throw this out to the listeners out there and the viewers out there that if you are interested in participating in Carlos and Josh's course, which you'd be crazy not to want to do this, this they have such incredible wisdom between them and years and years and years and years and years of experience, um, you'll need to reach out to me through email, lisa at parentingaces.com. And in exchange, if I'm feeling very generous, I will send you the code <laughs> so you can participate. That's well, Lisa, thank, you. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. Yeah, absolutely. Because, uh, 
because you are also, you know, for all your listeners, a very successful tennis parent. Because as far as successful success in tennis parenting, in my opinion, is like you were saying before, is after the journey is over, you know, for us to continue to have a wonderful relationship between parents and 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 and, and our kids that are now adults. And I'm very proud to say that, you know, Josh is to my very best friend. And uh, we went through the whole thing. And uh, we were we had a lot of pressure, you know, as well, you know, and uh, but it's no different than the pressure of people that are not in the game, because right. the pressures of junior tennis, you know, it, 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 it happens in the households of uh, professionals, coaches, or people that never play tennis. You right. know, it it, it it really doesn't discriminate, you know, the, it, the whole it, dynamic. It does amplify. It does amplify. A bit, right? You know, you 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 feel the the pressures at maybe a higher level than in a family setting where athletics or or the arts or anything that a child is pursuing at a high level. Um, it, it just makes it that much more in your face. And so I feel like finding that balance between the parent-child relationship and the athlete-coach relationship is so crucial. And again, coming out at the end of the day with that relationship intact is what it's all about. And, um, you know, I, I love seeing relationships like the two of you have, and you're both so successful in your fields. And even though your field overlaps, it's all about tennis, but from a very different perspective. And Josh is, you know, having incredible success at University of South Carolina has established himself as one of the top coaches in college tennis. Carlos, you established yourself as one of the top coaches in tennis in general. And, but you each have your own pathway that keeps coming back together and intersecting and and you're continuing to find ways to integrate both of your pathways to produce something brand new. Now that's going to benefit parents and coach and players of a new generation. So we're thrilled at Parenting Aces to be part of that and to be able to offer it to our audience. And um, just so happy that you both were available to come talk to us today. And Josh, I want to get you back on again uh, separately just to talk about the college tennis piece. And yeah. we'll do that yeah. in a separate podcast. But um, I just feel so lucky to have the opportunity to know both of you and, and to be part of this new piece of your journey together. Yeah, that's thank great. You thank, much. You. thank you. Well, thank you both for coming on. And I want to just remind the listeners that if you are interested in being part of this phenomenal video series, you just need to send me an email, lisa at parentingaces.com, and I will in return send you a code so you can participate. And the date again, the kickoff date again? It's um it's a February 21st. There are five live sessions interactive sessions and uh, the platform is called um, um is called canvas it's a platform that is used by colleges uh, throughout the country um particularly now during the pandemic you know where everything is online you know mm-hmm. so it's the same kind of a platform that professors at the universities use for their courses during the pandemic so i think it's timely as well and, and in closing um so basically it is it is five sessions uh of 60 minutes to 90 minutes where these kids um, are all in, you know online and the idea is they they will watch two videos of three minutes each prior to the session and then they write about five questions about those videos about the about the about the uh, uh, the topics of those videos and then while when we are live and interactively during the session. The whole idea is for each one of these kids to actually ask those questions, uh, you know, from the videos about those, about those topics. And then we can have a, a discussion, like a forum with all of the other kids and, uh, we, and myself leading and, and, and helping them understand the questions that they have. The other uh, interesting part about this platform, Lisa, is that they these kids, while we are having this course, which is those five uh, sessions, um, they are not every day. They are over a period of about a week and a half. So it's a, a, almost every other day, an hour to an hour and a half. But throughout that time that the course is going on, the kids have direct access to me. And they can even send questions for, to Josh as well, you know, through the messenger of the platform. The reason for all this 
is to be able to, as Josh said, to bring perspective mm-hmm. of this journey. Uh, you know, if they if they can see the beginning, the middle, and then the end. And by the way, you know, where are we going with this? Uh, definitely, you know, the goal should be play college tennis. Josh, in one of our sessions, uh, we talk about college tennis, obviously, and um, and I. You know, my my bit is is what is what it takes for a kid to become a college player. But then Josh comes in with actually an action plan mm-hmm. that he put together in this little video. From his perspective as a coach, you know how he sees and how he recruits, and and so it's good that he puts together a nice little action plan. I think it would help the kids and help the sure. parents to understand what they how they can keep progressing through junior tennis, but sticking to that plan so they can can play for their college of choice. Absolutely. Are y'all limiting the number of participants in this first session? Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we, we are not only limited, but it's also by invitation only about, you know, you are the one of the, you know, you you are going to be your invitees and we're limiting it to 20 people, you know, at this point. So So y'all hear that 20 people, y'all better email me as soon as you listen to this, (laughs) if you want to participate. Thank you very much for your support. Absolutely. Well, Josh and Carlos, thank you again so much for coming on. Really love speaking with you and seeing you both and look forward to many, many more conversations as we move forward and uh, look very forward to hearing about the success of your program. And to my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We will catch you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast for tennis parents tennis parent. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, please visit us online at parentingaces.com. Thanks for tuning in and sharing us with your tennis community.